0: Good evening. I'll call to order the meeting of the Astoria City Council Monday, May 21st, 2018. Uh, welcome, all you folks out here in the audience. Glad to see you here. Um, roll call, uh, Chief Spaulding.
1: So, no, she's
2: okay.
1: not right, here. Oh, here. Here.
2: here.
0: Here.
1: Here. Here. And uh, Mayor. Um, I would say that uh, Councillor Nimblewill is excused, so uh, she will not be participating tonight. Uh, reports of
0: councillors. Uh, Councillor
3: Jones?
4: Uh, good evening, Mayor. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our Parks and Rec Department for a wonderful event yesterday. I think, what, 600 people. Do you know how much money you raised yet for the scholarships?
5: We don't have the final number in, but it's near 40,000.
4: And I wow. and certainly enjoyed watching the runners from my front porch. With a cup of coffee in my hand, I understand council <laughs> prices. Uh, also, I just wanted to make a quick note to the council that uh, since our, our meeting two weeks ago, where we voted to let the Friends of Birchfield continue working with the Parks Department to come up with an agreement, they had a Mother's Day picnic there at the park, and they put up some uh, frisbee golf stands. And I they understand they're get, getting a picnic bench. So Things are moving forward and it's great to see the community taking advantage of the opportunity to improve their
5: park.
0: Thanks.
3: Thank you. Councilor Price. Thank you. and Good evening Uh, and yes, congratulations to Parks and Rec for the sold out run on the river. It was was a great time and and yes, I did half walk, half run the 10K Mm -hmm. and uh, it was great. Fun. Uh, Mayor, are you going to to say hello to the people in the audience? When I, when I came in, I <laughs> ran into a, a gaggle of girls. Uh, students from Napa High School uh, here on your senior project, is it? Welcome tonight. Thanks for coming.
0: Are you all from Napa?
3: Yes. Great.
0: OK. Wonderful. Well, welcome. OK. Anything else, Counselor Price? No. I it. OK.
6: Counselor Brownson? Um, yeah, I don't have much to report. I've been out of town. For week or two um, except to say that I am having a meet your counselor event at three cups of coffee this Saturday at 9 a.m. everybody's welcome
0: okay the only thing I just want to encourage people if you haven't seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang at the Astoria High School they're doing uh, their uh, it's a it's a wonderful musical Lot of fun. They they do a, a great job, and uh, so if you have an opportunity to go see it, it's uh, next Friday and Saturday night at the at Astoria High School at seven o'clock. So uh, that's all my report. Changes to the agenda? Uh,
1: there are no changes.
0: Okay. Uh, the consent calendar, we have just a couple of items tonight, and those are just approved with one motion unless someone has asked for that I, an item to be removed. Any requests? No requests. Okay. Any from the council? <clears throat> Could we have a motion then, please?
6: I move that we uh, approve the consent
4: calendar. Second.
0: Okay. Uh, Chief Gascoigne, roll call. Councilor Bronson? Aye.
5: Councilor Price? Aye. Councilor Joe? Aye.
0: Aye, thank you. Uh, The first agenda item is the second reading and adoption of a telecommunications service tax ordinance.
1: And uh, the first reading on this ordinance was held at the May seventh, two 2018 City Council meeting and uh, the uh, public hearing was held at that time as well. Tonight it's recommended that council consider conducting a second reading and consider Uh, adopting the proposed
0: ordinance. Okay, and I'd like to turn this over now to our city attorney, Blair Henningsgaard. Could you tell us a little bit about this, please?
5: Well, things haven't changed very much uh, since two weeks ago. um, There were some concerns raised at that meeting as to whether or not um, the ordinance would oppose or even attempt to impose a tax on (laughs) Broadband internet services, and it will not, in terms of the ordinance, provide that that, uh, federal law does supersede its provisions, and federal law does prevent uh, local governments, state governments, from imposing a tax on broadband. So that isn't that would not happen as a result of this ordinance. So are. my recommendation would be to adopt the ordinance as presented um, during the first reading. Okay. Uh,
3: council discussion? Well, I do still have a couple of questions. Um, I, I'm still unclear on what the tax will be levied. I was kind of surprised to learn when talking to downtown business owners how many have a charter bundle and are using charter telephone for their telephone service. So this would affect uh, a number of our downtown businesses plus I don't know how many residents. Um, and so, and the bundles are, are, I don't have one myself so I, I, it's hard for me to speak exactly to it but as I understand it, you, you services at one cost but if you have the bundle it's another cost and then maybe it goes up so on what specific part of the bill are we talking about i realize it's not internet it's only on the telephone service is that is that uh, delineated is that the line itemed in their uh, bills that they send out and also i i do wish that we had some estimate of of what revenue this would generate for the city
5: those are my two questions. Well, unfortunately, the city isn't entitled to the financial information charter until uh, this type of uh, a tax goes into effect. But I, too, in my business and my home, have charter bundles. So it would affect me as twice. Um, the, um, and I can tell you that on the bill, those items are uh, delineated. Charter has complete control over what they charge for the phone and what they charge uh, for the internet. Uh, or at least they have control within the purviews within the, of their uh, state government regulations and their contracts with the, um, their subscribers. But um, it would be only on the telephone portion of the bill. Do you have any
6: questions? Well, I, I just wanted to acknowledge that um, Ms. Smith from uh, Charter did offer up some additional language in order to clarify that. And I'm clear on the understanding that uh, as stated in our ordinance, what you are saying, federal guidelines will uh, prevent us from taxing anything other than telephone or least data. Because our concern is make sure we're not putting any tax on their internet or data communication. You, that's correct, right?
5: Well, as I understood the correspondence, her concern was that was your concern, Um, but that is a fact that uh, federal law uh, prohibits uh, local taxation of the internet. At the present time, of course, the federal government uh, can change its laws if it wishes, but at at the present time, that's the status of the law.
6: Okay, thank you.
0: Any other questions or comments? Okay, could we have a second reading of the ordinance? I,
4: I was just, I, I thought we were going to open
0: this. We'd have to reopen this, the oh, I see. the, the uh,
4: public hearing. I mean, I've, I've read the letter and I'm, I'm satisfied with, this, with the interstate change recommendation. Yeah. Okay.
0: Anyone else?
6: Yeah, I was satisfied with it too. It, it seems like the additional language was unnecessary. That the federal guidelines would uh, prevent us from taxing anything except for the telephone. So,
5: removing the word "data" isn't possible. I mean, it's data is internet.
4: Well, I, I was satisfied with the city attorney's explanation of the code language used in various other municipalities throughout Oregon, including one that was recently upheld by the Oregon Supreme Court. So, I'm I'm satisfied with it, and then would uh, recommend that we conduct the second reading, or make a motion that we conduct the second reading and adopt the proposed ordinance.
0: The issue with Eugene is that it was passed in '97 mm-hmm. that ordinance, and so it, it's grandfathered, and it's it's a different. It's a different animal than than what... Okay, the public hearing is closed, though. I'm sorry. Um, Ms. Brooks, would you read this or do the second reading, please?
3: An ordinance providing a telecommunications services staff.
0: Okay, we need a motion and a second to approve the ordinance.
4: I move we adopt the proposed ordinance. I'll
0: second. Uh, Ms. Cosby, roll call, please. Councilor
5: Brownson? Aye. Councilor Bryce? No. Councilor Jones? Aye. Mayor Lemire? Aye.
0: Thank you. Uh, the second item. I agree
3: with, I just want to make the uh, this <laughs> city attorney know that I agree with this language, I just don't agree with the tax. Thanks. Okay.
0: Um, the second item is the second reading and adoption of charter franchise ordinance.
1: So this is an item where a public hearing was held at the May 7th City Council meeting and a first reading was held. It's recommended that Council consider holding a second reading and consider adopting the proposed ordinance.
0: Okay. And again, uh, I would ask for City ca- city Attorney input on this, please. Well,
5: I two weeks ago. This is a negotiation that's been carrying on for literally years. Uh, in the interim, uh, I've continued to have uh, communications with Mr. Callaway, who is Charter's um, attorney, and um, I think I forwarded the letter to each of you. Um, he has proposed uh, different language. Actually, it's the same language that's in our current... Um, um, franchise agreement with charter, uh, dealing with what uh, they call the equal protection uh, under the under the existing charter. It's called franchise requirements for the franchise holders. Um, he has proposed substituting that for the that language, um, in, or adding that language to our, our franchise agreement, and I. Um, I really don't have any opposition to that, especially considering that the city has already agreed to that that language. Uh, he's also proposed, or um, well, continues to propose, uh, his insurance language, and having reviewed it again, I'm satisfied that it satisfies the purpose of the city's proposal, even or this policy, e- even though the language of that insurance provision differs somewhat from what we have in our standard agreements it does uh, provide the city with a level of protection that we require so i would have no objection to inserting that language for the insurance proposal rather than the language that was in the first reading of the ordinance um, and i guess it's my understanding that if uh, those two changes are made to the franchise agreement that uh, Charter uh, would be in agreement to uh, signing the ordinance and we'd have a new franchise with Charter, okay. something that's and been a long time coming. It, is it
0: still considered the second reading even though we changed that or do we need to go back to a first
5: reading? Well, what, our, what the city Charter provides is that there's a material change in the ordinance that the material change, the language that's changed would have to be read in its entirety and then um the ordinance itself could not be um, adopted for a period of 12 days which in our case would be 14 days and so the the proposal or the, the process that would be, have to be followed would be two motions one to amend uh, the proposed ordinance to include charter's proposed insurance language and the second um, cha- uh, motion to include the franchise requirements language in a new section 33. Uh, then that section 33 would need to be read at this meeting and um, and then the matter could be considered at your next council meeting. Okay. Um, so council
0: discussion first.
6: Yeah, well, I, I'd like to recommend that we add their uh, additional Section 33 and read it through. And if this will uh, help expedite the signing of this franchise agreement, and since our attorney does not have any objection to it, um, I would propose uh, a motion to, uh, and I'm not sure quite how to phrase I the think motion, but the we motion could. the motion
0: is to amend our, the... First
5: reading with this insurance information, section 33. It would be a motion to, propose, to amend the um, the franchise agreement as proposed, existing the existing proposed franchise agreement, to include the um, insurance language that was suggested that has been suggested by charter, and to include a new section 33 uh, dealing with franchise requirements for other franchise holders. Why don't you just say so moved?
0: <laughs> well, so moved. <laughs> well said. Well done. Okay.
6: Um, and then we will so. Is there a and And then we'll need to. Yeah. Uh, read this section. Yes.
0: Do we need a second for that? Though? Second. Second. And is that a roll call then? Um, no. You no. Can just have just a All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed. Aye. Okay. And then we need to read the whole thing.
5: Who wants to do that? I'll read it. you, are you Sure. Okay,
0: okay. Councillor Brownson, you're on.
6: Section 33 Franchise Requirements for Other Franchise Holders: In the event that the city grants one or more franchises or similar authorizations for construction, operation, maintenance of any communication facility, which shall offer services substantially equivalent to services offered by the grantee. It shall not make the grant on more favorable or less burdensome terms. If grantee finds that the agreements uh, granting said other franchise contain provisions, imposing lesser obligations on the grantees thereof than are imposed by the provisions of this franchise, grantee may petition City for modification of this franchise. The grantee shall be entitled with respect to said lesser obligations to such modifications of this franchise as may be determined to be necessary to ensure fair and equal treatment by this franchise and set other agreements in the event that the non-franchise multi-channel video programming distributor provides cable services to the residents of the city grantee shall have the right to request franchise amendments that relieve the grantee of regulatory burdens that create a competitive disadvantage to the grantee in requesting amendments the grantee shall file a petition seeking to amend the franchise such petitions shall one indicate the presence of a non-franchise competitor, two identify base the basis for grantees belief that certain provisions of the franchise place grantee at the competitive disadvantage and three identify the regulatory burdens to be remanded or repealed in order to eliminate the competitive disadvantage. The city shall not unreasonably withhold granting the grantee's petition and so amending the franchise. Again so that's the end of that. (laughs) Um, Section twenty eight insurance.
5: You don't don't need to read that. Don't need to read the insurance.
6: Okay, good.
0: Doesn't this make you all want to be on the city council? (laughs) (laughs) If you
6: didn't get that, I'll read it again.
1: (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay. Um,
1: So this will be brought back as amended for a second reading and adoption at your next meeting, the procedural process that will happen.
0: Okay, so we don't have to do any more votes or whatever. Okay, good. Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Okay, uh, item C is a resolution transferring appropriations within uh, the general fund budgets for FY 2017-2018.
1: Oregon provides statutes, provides for guidance on the transfer of appropriations within a fund when authorized by a resolution of the governing body. We are nearing uh, completion of our fiscal year for 2017-18 and our finance staff are starting to review uh, if there are any final year-end transfers that are necessary uh, to be able to get the budget in line so that uh, when the audit starts, um, all the procedures have been put in place uh, before the end of the fiscal year. And at the time the budget was originally appropriated, there were amounts anticipated for the city attorney's training and travel expenses that didn't anticipate an increased expense of approximately $200. In addition, there was uh, time expended by the city attorney outside of the contracted scope of work dealing with the uh, Smithart uh, issues. And that totaled $1,600. And so therefore, a transfer in the amount of $1,800 for material and services from municipal court to city attorney is needed. Also, at the time, the budget was originally appropriated amounts for personnel, legal services to anticipate the cost of having those legal services to complete four union contracts uh, within this last fiscal year. And an additional $20,000 is needed for legal services in the current budget year. It's recommended that council approve of the resolution transferring 1,800 from materials and services in municipal court department to materials and services in city attorney department, and transfer $20,000 from contingency to non-departmental materials and services.
0: Discussion from the council?
6: I make a motion to um transfer appropriations within the general fund for the budget. Um, As noted. As noted. Second.
0: Okay, roll call please. Uh, Let's see. Um, Mr. Harrington.
4: Councilor Brownson? Aye. Councilor Price? Aye. Aye. Councilor Jones? Aye. Mayor Ramirez?
0: Aye, thank you. Uh, the next one is another resolution transferring appropriations within the unemployment fund budget.
1: And again, at the time of the budget preparation, the unemployment budget fund was prepared and amounts budgeted did not anticipate an increase uh, in unemployment claims we saw this year. And a transfer in the amounts of $1,260 is required between contingency and materials and services. It's uh, recommended the council... Uh, Approve the resolution transferring 1,600 from the unemployment fund contingency to materials and services.
0: So moved. Second. Um, Let's see, roll call, uh, Ms. Brooks, please. Councilor Johnson?
4: Aye. Councilor Price. Aye. Councilor Jones? Aye. Mayor and Mayor? Aye.
0: Thank you. The next item is the Recology rate review for the year end December 31st, 2017.
1: And while uh, Carl Peters from Recology is coming forward, I'm going to just give a brief introduction to this item. The city's franchise agreement with Recology requires submission of financial statements and a separate rate review for both solid waste collection and transfer station franchises no later than April 30th each year. And Recology. Uh, transmitted the reports and financial information in the timely manner required. After reviewing the analysis the collection and transfer station rates would remain the same for this uh, next coming year under the methodology provided for within the franchise agreement. However uh, there is a recommendation to include a three percent increase for debris box disposal ton rate to reflect increased disposal rates and in addition uh, it's proposed that uh, customer can uh, service be eliminated if approved these new rates would become effective July 1st 2018 and Carl um, is wanting to be able to give a a presentation just kind of a year-end presentation about what's going on Uh, with uh, our garbage and recycling services, but after the presentation and any questions you may have, it's recommended that council consider the resolution which includes the 3% increase to the debris box disposal ton rate and the proposed can elimination plan to be effective July 1st,
2: 2018. Welcome. Thank you, Mayor, Council, City staff. Appreciate the opportunity to be here checking in with Jimmy here, he's my tech guy now. So first, uh, thank you, Brett, for the introduction. And, you know, Anytime we can bring a, a rate review forward that you know you can present to your constituents and tell them that your residential and your commercial business rates aren't changing for the year, we're always very pleased to be able to do that. But some of the things that I'm gonna talk about with you here will explain the challenge on the disposal side and it makes us wonder about uh, about what we're all going to face with recycling as we move forward. Oh. Is it working? It should do a, do the left, right. Dial. Got it. Yeah. We're on. I feel like I've accomplished so much. Like I should leave right now. <laughs> so why we're here today? We want to talk a little bit about recycling challenges. You know, the fact and the fiction. There's so much out there. At least you know in the news that I watch because I tend to watch things that revolve around my business. There's so much noise out there about what's happening. I felt it was important to come and talk about it a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about potential changes. I want to be very careful about how I word that, because these are only potential changes that could be coming down the pipe that would affect everybody. And then the last thing we did want to talk about today was the Coastal Oregon Artists in Residence Program that we're so proud of to to partner with uh, up here uh, up on the coast. So a lot of things that I'm seeing in the news stories, and, and I've seen articles promoting people to follow recycling trucks that they're going to landfills and they're dumping it as trash. And you know there was one city down in Southern Oregon that said, stop recycling, we don't know what we're gonna do. And they actually pulled all their recycling routes off the street for a month. Then they changed their program and put it back out there. So it is happening in places, is it happening Uh, And and as as part of the normal routine, you know, I'm not sure in the rest of the country, but here in Oregon, that was the one exception that I've heard of. Everybody else is still in the business. Uh, So people are not generally pulling recycling routes off the streets. Rates and surcharges escalating across Oregon, this one is a, a factual story. And there are probably, I think, approximately 17 jurisdictions across the state right now that have increased rates quite substantially. We're talking 2 to $3 per month per home to address recycling challenges, and we'll talk about what that looks like shortly. And to commercial businesses, increasing rates anywhere from 10 to 15% per month to try to make up ground. And again, we'll cover the reasons that's happening. But that is happening out there. Uh, through Portland, again, just through all the And what about here in Astoria? Well, again, we're still recycling, the routes are running, and you've seen the proposal that we've put in front of you. So those things aren't coming here, not right now. So what is China's national sword? This is the big thing that people keep talking about. And even though we're sending very little stuff to China, when I say us, I mean the United States, it's had an impact across the, the economy of recycling. What happened is last year, China said, basically, there's 24 materials we no longer want to receive. Oh, we don't want to be your plastics either, and at that time, they said the action was a response to terrible material, just poor quality material that as a country we were sending over to them, and they said, we're tired of taking your garbage, we don't want it anymore. So they banned all unsorted mixed paper and mixed plastics, and if you think about that, Unsorted mixed paper is the majority of what's produced by most curbside routes and all the mixed plastics that people are throwing out They said we don't want to take them anymore They set up a strict half a percent contamination limit on the imported loads most places even when they're doing a great job average three to five percent and internally China suspended all new license approvals and How does it impact society? I just thought it was interesting to put up in there that their ministry said it may result in chaos in society, uh, the changes that they're making because they're making them so fast. So, so basically what happened is China said, look, we don't want to accept all these materials anymore, which caused a bad, bad, bad backlog of inventory everywhere. So countries all across the world who used to pay a high premium said, well, if China's not taking it, why should we pay a premium? and the value of recycling commodities have crashed. Where we used to be paid for recycling, we're now paying almost double the cost for trash. So it's very expensive right now to recycle. And the reason that happens is that again, the commodity pricing is down. Processing costs are much higher. So even though stuff's not going to China, everybody else is saying, well, we want cleaner stuff too. We don't want garbage either. So what happens is all these recycling facilities have to slow their belts down, so they can't process as fast. They put twice as many people up on the line to pick all the, all the trash out that people don't want. Uh, higher transportation costs. You know, there was a lot of backhauling that you could do back and forth from China, but now stuff's going to Indonesia, to Thailand, other places where you don't have available backhauls. So the transportation's getting very expensive. Higher capital costs. Most facilities are spending anywhere from $1 to $4 million trying to upgrade their facilities to use all the new advanced laser optics to pull out different types of contamination and sort material. Um, Availability of outlets, again, there's just not enough places for everything to go, so it's causing big inventory issues and stockpiling issues. And one of the things we have to keep working on is developing new markets. Again, so what China did, they said we don't want to buy this stuff anymore and they have, And we used to wonder, okay, is this part of the whole trade war or this, is this really them just saying you want to clean up our environment? Now, I know I, the most recent news is that they're going to drop some of these trade tariffs and stuff, but we know we officially became part of the trade war, uh, at, I believe as of last week, China suspended all inspections of materials going into China, which in effect, Cut China off from accepting any recycling from the US. we can still come out of Canada and other places, but out of the US. And again, what that does is that it just depresses rates further as everybody goes to all these other places who are ill-suited receive that amount of material. Ecology was just in a good place in a lot of our companies because we had already divested in other places to go. Just some great pictures, uh, you know particularly that one on the right. Uh, it's just a, a big problem you know, with plastics. So potential changes uh, in accepted items, you know, for the most part, it looks the same. It's probably very similar, but what everybody's looking at now is some things that will potentially not be accepted in coming I say potentially because right now nothing's <laughs> changing and I want to stress that because Every time I'm somewhere and I say this stuff might change, something makes it to the paper or on the news, and says we're not taking this. But what's important to understand is some of the things that are causing big problems that we're so used to recycling. Aseptic packaging. So you think about milk cartons, you know, the old ones like you get in school with the, the lids or the juice boxes, shredded paper, really more into the plastic. So plastic cups, yogurt cups planning our nursery pots, any type of 5 gallon buckets, of course glass was always on that list. But all those plastics that if you go home and you look at your recycling bin, it's, it's on the label. Right now, if all things were to stay the same by this time next year maybe, maybe 18 months from now, that stuff would all be going to the trash if things stay the way they are. Right now, every place is still accepting the material. And what I try to stress to people all the time is that even though we're, We're kind of bound by what certain places will accept and process most of the stuff you can still find a home for but i think it's incumbent on us as a recology we're not a landfill company we're a recycling company it may be at times to come back uh, in front of our jurisdictions and say here's what the actual cost will be to keep doing what we're doing Um, because maybe china doesn't want the plastic but there are a lot of businesses folks that make yeah, the X, you know the, uh, the the fake wood for decks they're always looking for plastics and so there's a lot of other opportunities and things that might change out there but these are some pretty big common items and if you think about it at a school and I know Rhonda Graham our way zero specialist here you know you're so used to going into schools and saying recycle your juice boxes recycle it and it would be such a change to have to go in and say stop doing that so it's It's going to be a challenge, but for us, you know, we're looking again, expanding markets, finding different places for the materials to go. Uh, Our communication staff, again, we're going to be working through reminding customers of sorting requirements, and that's probably the most important thing that we can do. The real biggest problem we have is contamination, contamination, contamination. We rinse things out. And truly, if you're not sure, look it up. Is it truly recycled? recyclable. Uh, there's so much wishful recycling. Uh, you know, if they, somebody looks and they go, oh, here's my plastic toy, my plastic Tonka truck, you know, that my kid had. It's plastic. It must be recycling. They throw it in. And they grab a garden hose. Oh, it seems to be plastic. Oops. They throw it in to recycle. It. Um, and it becomes a problem. So we really need to continue focusing on all the education that we can do and to identify folks that are, are contaminating and for Rhonda to keep doing what she's doing is starting to get around the schools and everywhere to help remind people the importance of not contaminating the recycling and uh, it, it's tough because it, it, I had a college student that pet sat for my 20 pound cap while my wife and I were on vacation and when I opened up the recycling bin I was kind of shocked that she was a college student from from the, the city we live in and I thought, well, she must know how to recycle. And, you know, they should throwing paper towels in the recycling. Um, her uh, fast food drink cups were thrown in the recycling. That stuff's all trash. So we need to do a much better job of making sure that education uh, stays out there. But I think the important things we can do is, again, find reusable things, disposable things. Everybody, if you can get electronic bills, I, I don't get any bills, paper. I wouldn't know what to do with them if I got one. Say no to plastic bags. I saw a news story that just really troubled me last week. Marianas Trench, you know, the deepest part of the ocean in this world is like 32,000 feet down at the bottom of the ocean. They found a plastic bag. That tells you there's just too many plastic bags. <coughs> Repair broken goods before replacing them. Rent, share, purchase secondhand, donate usable items. Uh, There's just so many things we can do before we go to throw things away. And again, we're going to continue to work hard with the city of Astoria to make sure that we're doing the best that we can to educate customers so we do as much of the right things as we can in front so we don't have to throw so much away. Last thing that I wanted to make sure I talked about is the uh, artist in Residence program. One of the things we love doing is showing folks that there's better things to do with material than throwing away. But the artist in Residence program, and Ronnie, you feel free to correct me if I get half this stuff wrong. But what we do is we create a, a, an artist in Residency program. We set up a spot at our office where folks can come in, add the tools, and we set them up to go over to the transfer station and begin pulling materials out that would normally be thrown away. But they have three, four months? Three months. Three months to go collect material and create art out. We don't expect trash being pulled out like that to save the world. We do, we do think it's a strong message and it's a powerful message to say there are better things sometimes to do with material than throw it away. And that's what we love about this, this art program. We partnership with the Astoria Visual Arts Group. We try to select two to three artists for that fourth. right up in front of me. It's a four month residency at our facility. And right now we have one artist selected. And we would encourage anybody that's within earshot, if you folks here and staff and the audience knows of any artists that would love to participate, who do they reach out to?
3: AstoriaVisualArts.org, and they have a link to the prospectus there.
0: Okay. questions for Mr. Peters? Thank you. I have one. Um, You you said that the United States did you mean the United States doesn't actually uh, send a, a large percentage of their uh, recyclables to China? So it what's used to the be, percentage? They used it? to take about
2: 60 percent. Uh, you know, I, I don't know all the it, but I, w- I would say they would take. A, they used to take about 60 percent, and it's probably downwards now, more than 20 something percent. So it is a pretty huge drop, and. Businesses, a lot of businesses, when I say business, I should say recycling processors are taking the tact and the approach that they're not going to do business with China and figure out what your options are because it's unreliable. And this most recent shutdown, which continues through June 4th, where they're not even inspecting loads, just means that recycling is showing up in China and it's just sitting there because nobody's going to inspect it to say it passes, it doesn't pass. It's a real tough thing, and it's tough on companies. You know, if you ship some stuff over, think about it, it gets loaded on a port, goes all the way across to China, finally gets to a port, and the guy goes, and breaks that bale open and says, you know, there's a juice box in here. They don't reject just that bale. They reject the entire ship. And so that ship will have to back off, and go find another port to pull into and maybe maybe people should have done a better job a long time ago and cleaned it up but we'll keep working
3: on it. yes well first uh, i'm a member of the board of astoria visual arts and thank you very much for the core program it is really delightful our last uh core artist was bonnie corset she had a just had a fabulous time and a, had a wonderful exhibit Uh, that was over at Vintage Hardware for about a month It just made some really fantastic things. It was really delightful. Um, Second, on on the recycling, clearly, well, it's um, it's not surprising, but it's sad to hear this news given that we have just only very recently adopted the curbside recycling throughout Astoria and uh, people are paying for it. Uh, most people are paying an additional anywhere from about two to about four and a half dollars a month for that. And so to see that potentially this could be um, much reduced uh, within a short period of time is, is discouraging. I finally, I think it's encouraging to hear that China is not accepting this sort of our garbage anymore. And as more of our, the developing countries around the world become developed, they're not going to take it either. And I hope that clearly the way to, to reduce, reuse, recycle is to you know, start at home where everything goes. And uh, the council, we have a, a lot of large uh, items on our plate, but I would like us to um, begin to take a stand uh, in some way of, of uh, being leaders Uh, in the community about reducing particularly plastic. We can talk about plastic straws, we can talk about plastic bags. I don't know if we'll ever get to any sort of ban on that but we can certainly as leaders talk about that within the community and the importance of it and help spread the word because it's costing people money and it's going to cost more money if we don't start cutting down ourselves. So um, I do have a question. The 3% on the um, Forgotten the wording of the debris box. debris box. Yes. Where is that going to come from? Is that, it's not coming that from would So it's not going to come
2: from residents. It's not going to come from commercial businesses. It will come from anybody that says, hey, I would like a big box dropped off of my house. I see. Got you dump, know, if and, you a dumpster or if you read a dumpster, correct.
3: Thank you. Thank and you for your presentation. It's very interesting what's going on.
2: You're very welcome. I know somebody had asked a, a question earlier and I. I I'd be remiss if I walked away and you asked afterwards, the city can or the can elimination plan that was in our proposal. Uh, The reason we're very interested in doing that is that we think first from a service standpoint, it makes a lot of sense for us to get to a container that we know when we pick it up and we dump it, that our truck's not gonna throw it away. The other thing that we're trying to work towards is a consistent fashion of container out there that doesn't use bungee cords. The first thing that happened when folks put a can out there they take a bungee and they put it over the lids and about three years ago we had a guy that almost lost his eye when he touched the container and one popped off and whack you know hit him in the eye and so of course you know we always tell people well, now keep your your glasses on and just here about uh three four weeks ago a guy went up and I've seen the pictures that these guys send us. You know, I look at it and I think, I don't think I'm strong enough to pull a bungee that tight that some people put over their can, but when he touched it, it came off and bang. You know, now he was wearing safety glasses, but it hit him here, hit him here, and he, it still hurt his eye and he was gone for about a week and a half. And so out of interest of safety, I think out of interest of uh, quality of service, you know, that, what we actually are proposing to do is to reduce rates on the side yard service uh, to make it cost effective for folks to want to make that change and not have to pay a penalty for us to walk up there. We think it's worth it from a production and from a safety standpoint to make this offer. We're just asking return would you allow us to, we'll provide the carts, we'll make sure the rates are right. Um, we just want don't want to have any more cans out there with lids anymore. So we can ensure that we can protect our work.
0: I wasn't even aware that people could use anything except what what you provided. Well, and I
2: then just because I didn't see anything and
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah it was I was looking at the can elimination and I thought, "What are you well, eliminating?" And
2: if, and if you look at the count, uh it, there's not really that many folks, but just just so you know, all through the coastal towns we we've, we've included this request in every rate package that we've submitted because we just feel it's in everybody's best interest to just Get those things off of the containers.
0: Okay. Any other questions? Yeah, uh, the only
6: other thing that surprised me on, on those items that are of concern about mm-hmm. what you're going to deal with, we had glass.
2: And so glass is the one thing that recycles better than anything, right? I, and I apologize, I actually meant to pull that off there because I knew that would be confusing. Good. We still recycle glass, just not in the co-mingle. So I apologize. Oh, I should okay. I should have clarified that. So we okay. know glass is still great, glass is not a problem. They just don't want to see it in the co-mingle. So I apologize. I actually thought I'd pulled it off there because I realized that would be confusing. Yeah. Glass is still good.
6: That's great. And I just want to uh, uh, agree with Councillor Price as far as uh, usage of plastics. I think the more we can reduce that, and I think bags are a big problem. You know, we—I've uh, been thinking about this, and I've had people approach me and talk to me about bags. And here in Astoria, we're right—we're right there. I mean, I, I live by the roundabout, and I'll watch these plastic bags blow across, go into Young's Bay, and where are they going? Right out to sea. I mean, we're right there. It's not like we're inland somewhere. Our Bags get into that system, and, and they are, you know, you have the big island of plastic
2: out there. It's Which extraordinary. Is, yeah, that's, and, that, and that's a real thing that's that's out there. And most of these coastal cleanups that we've ever been involved in, plastics, are the most common thing that we're picking up. Yeah, and just to be
6: able to fight glass balls on
2: the beach. Yeah, and now <laughs> it's like, yeah, you. plastic. It's plastic, plastic, plastic. And I didn't say this, October 13th. 13th. Is the art show, the recycled art show? We wanted to time it with the, the weekend.
5: Second Saturday
2: Art Walk. what she said. <laughs> yeah,
6: I think that's a great idea. Cardam down in Manzanita started doing that a long time ago, and, and it was such a festive event, and, and there's some really great creative garbage out there. Yeah, and we just think mm-hmm.
2: it makes sense to partnership with yeah. the city that's doing smart things already and, and try to promote that. So. Thank you. Oh,
0: thank you, sir. Thank you very much.
4: I move that we adopt the uh, resolution to include the 3% increase to the debris box disposal ton rate and proposed can elimination plan effective 1 July 2018.
6: Second.
0: All those in favor? Okay, roll call. Uh, Mr. Pearson? Councillor Brownson? Aye. Councillor Price? Aye. Councillor Jones? Aye. Aye. Mayor Lemire? Aye. Thank you. Okay, the last item is column lighting for Pride.
1: So in February of 2014, the council gave direction to the Parks and Respiration Department to limit the use of colored lighting effects to the moment to twice a year when authorized by council. In 2017 and 18, there were additional lighting requests and most recently there's been one received from Cameron Tomlin with the Estuary Pride Committee to utilize colored lighting effects for the month of this June. Due to the council uh direction received in February 2014. Uh, this was not initially uh, processed at the staff level. However, uh, this uh, matter was discussed further at the March 19, 2018 meeting. and Council concluded uh, that uh, they should uh, allow the friends of the column to develop a policy that will be brought forward to Council for consideration in the future. At your May 7th meeting, there was discussion regarding the status of the Friends uh, policy development. While the Friends of the Column have begun forming a draft policy for your review, it is not feasible to have a policy finalized and approved by the City Council prior to the Astra Pride Committee's request coming up this June. So, uh, this was forwarded to tonight's meeting um, by the City Council for further dialogue. The friends of the column were debriefed uh, that the council was going to be discussing this topic tonight and they are supportive of the use of lighting effects at the Astoria Column from June 3rd to 10th in recognition of Astoria Pride uh, while the policy is still being formulated. So tonight it's recommended that council provide direction on the utilization of lighting effects at the Astoria Column uh, for Astoria Pride. Discussion.
6: I'm all for it.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, while it's my preference that the column be treated more like the Washington Monument, and that we honor it only with spotlights, I'm uh, happy to take the friend's direction and, and uh, move that we um, light the column from June 3rd to 10th in recognition of Astoria Pride.
5: So I'll second.
3: All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed?
0: Okay. That uh, concludes our regular business meeting, uh, but this is a time for public comments or questions, concerns. Yes, if you, if you have a question, could you come to the mic, state your name and address, and then <laughs> we don't have anybody taking the minutes, so it's done by
5: tape. Uh, my name is Keenan Gephardt, and I had a question about item 6A.
0: Okay. Can you give us your address, please?
5: I don't know it. You <laughs> Don't know it. Okay. NAPA?
3: <laughs> NAPA. Yeah.
5: Um, okay. So regarding that, uh, as majority of the NAPA community has uh, DSL for their Internet, and that affects telecommunications, meaning phone service, DSL is a phone-provided service, will that affect? the Napa community, as that's our only option for internet.
6: No. In terms no. of the tax, yeah. The, yeah. the tax proposal, no, because um, DSL is Quest and is a service op- offered by Quest, and they're already, uh, and again, it's only on phones and not data. Yeah, and furthermore, Council Brown,
1: so Napa is not within side the city limits of Astoria. Okay,
4: I wasn't sure. Yes.
1: So oh, so, you so, so you're <coughs> within unincorporated incorporated
0: of county, not within the city limits of okay. Astoria. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Good questions. Anybody else? Well, thank you all for coming. This meeting is adjourned. <laughs>